Ademai, welcome to the Cross-Shaped Community Podcast, where we're exploring the unique form of community Jesus intends for the church, what I call cross-shaped community, the kind of community that helps people stay united during testing times. And the unity of our churches has certainly been severely tested by the New Zealand COVID-19 vaccine mandates that came into effect at the end of 2021 requiring all organisations, including churches, to limit who and how many could meet together in person based on their vaccination status. In this podcast series, I've been interviewing pastors to find out how their church went about keeping unity with or without the vaccine passes. I'm about to interview Pastor Neil Baker of the Auckland Baptist Tabernacle. Then at the end of the interview, I'll be providing a cross-shaped reflection on the Tabernacle's approach to keeping unity. Kia ora Neil, thanks for being willing to be interviewed. So let's begin by finding out about the context of the Auckland Baptist Tabernacle. If someone has just moved to your neighbourhood looking for a church to attend, how would you describe your church, the Auckland Baptist Tabernacle, to them? I'd uh, present us as being a uh, an authentic community of God's people. Um, I think there's a vibrancy in our different aspects of our community. I think there's a friendliness, but one of the things that does is a, a distinctive of who we are is that we're a multi-cultural, uh, multi-congregational church. So we do have different congregations and ways of, of relating and, and so forth as a result of that. But one of our uniquenesses is that we are an inner city church located, uh, in terms of our facility at least, at the top of Queen Street in Auckland's inner cities and CBD, but with people that really come right across the the whole spectrum of uh, Auckland as a as a city, so it's a it's a really interesting mix of people and um, expressions of church life. And now the another part of what what we are we are an evangelical church, so we're very clear about that, loving God, loving His Word, and 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 loving being part of the. Uh, the living out of the gospel and what that means. But we're also a connected part of the Baptist family of churches. So that's another unique aspect of who we are. Mm. So I I expect now that you've had to work through many divisive issues over the years of your pastoral ministry. How divisive was the vaccination mandate and traffic light system for the TAB? Well, obviously, these were big issues for all local churches to work through um, and to make decisions on. And while it was an extremely important um, issue to work through and something we did very carefully, I, I, I believe, in the end, it, it was not as a divisive issue as I thought it possibly could be or as I know it has been in some other context. Now, that's not to say that um, there were not some concerns about the implications of the vaccine mandate or the you know, the following of the traffic light system uh, on our church community, because there, there were. But in the end, there was an overwhelming majority of people in our community um, that expressed support of um, at least an openness for us to follow the vaccine um, you know, passport system and the, the traffic light system. So there was a, a high degree of, of agreement, um, which I was very um, thankful for, that we were able to kind of navigate what was a pretty curly and complex issue. Yeah. So from that, you, the church basically decided that um, they would go with the vaccine mandates? Yeah, um, we, we did, we did. But I think there are a number of factors that, that led us to be able to make that decision and to navigate that process. Yeah. And I, firstly, I just noted a couple of things. Firstly, I think 
tabernacle is made up of, of people that I think are quite reasonable and yeah. um, and considerate. So uh, I think people that were have been thinking and talking about you know our response. Mm. We're also a church that does have a, a large number of, of our people are from um, uh, internationals, yeah. migrants to New Zealand. And so there tends to be um, in that community there, um, just from observation, a high level of responsiveness to um, to both leadership decisions, but also to health and well-being. So yeah. following um, health protocols and you know wearing a mask or even receiving a vaccination uh, is very accepted in, in a lot of Asian countries. So there didn't there wasn't uh, a groundswell of opposition from that community in any way. I also think another factor that I think was very fortunate in our context is that all of our governance elders and all of our staff had already chosen to be vaccinated, so there was not a divisive issue in our staff or leadership team. Um, and you know that is something that we're grateful for because it certainly was. That's certainly not always been the case in every church. Um, and I think we'd also leading into the you know, the vaccine certificate and the traffic light system. We'd already been talking to our congregations in a proactive way to try and um, highlight, you know, we'd encourage people to get the vaccination. Uh, we'd already been proactive to do that. We'd already tried to dispel some of the false ideas and conspiracy theories that were already floating around in the wider community as well as in the wider church community. So I think, you know, we'd already taken a proactive response to, to, the, to the process. So when it came time to... Um, make those decisions. I think we we kind of were already down the track on some things, yeah. um, and I think as a result we've been able to 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 navigate that that process relatively well. You know, I don't think there's been the huge fallout that I know has been in, been so in other cases. Yeah. Uh, again, there were probably some individuals that were more impacted by by our decision to follow the vaccine certificate and uh, in our gathered services and you know the traffic light protocol people that were probably more concerned about the impact upon non-believers, actually, mm -hmm. rather than themselves. So it was actually vaccinated people who were a little bit more concerned about the mission of the church and didn't want to see that somehow impeded. And I think there were a few people that um, chose not to be vaccinated, not because they're anti-vax per se, but because of health issues. So I think it was it was a, a very small percentage of people that were that were not opposed, but probably weren't embracing of it fully, but the vast majority were. So. It was it was very clear for us that it was the best pathway yeah. to embrace yeah. the the vaccine certificate and the the following of the travel light system. Neil, were there any specific steps that you took to to kind of work this through to a, a, a final decision on whether to accept vaccine use of vaccine passes after attending church? Mm. How did you work through that? Yeah, I think there are there were some um, very definite steps in that process. I think firstly. Um, our governance elders board, who are the the oversight of the whole of the tabernacle and our congregations, were in agreement that we needed to be proactive um, and and to take a steer, and that steer was that we you know the encouragement was that we did follow this process, uh, not just in some uh, naive way, but in a in a in a deliberate way, in a in a way that would be supportive and and the right thing to do. So there was a sense that our board felt. Um, that was good to do. I think we also discussed that with you know the pastors yourself and our and our staff team, and again there was general consensus that it was the right thing to do. There, there was, however, a desire to um, you know ensure that we were taking our congregations and members with us and that they were also a voice in this. So one of the things we we did do was we 
We firstly did an anonymous survey to invite people's feedback as to their response to the following of the, you know, our, the vaccine certificate, um, as well as the traffic light system, and, and how that would impact upon people's engagement and so on. And so we did that as an anonymous survey, and what it indicated was that a vast majority of our people were vaccinated. So I think 95% plus of our people were either vaccinated or planning to be and that a majority of our people would be more willing to support the process than were not. So it was a no-brainer for us to say, look, this is going to be the best process for us. The other thing we did in, after that survey was to hold a public forum. It was done online because we weren't able to gather at that time. And again, to invite, uh, to share the feedback from the, the survey and invite opportunity for Q&A. And I think that was a, a good process. So while we were giving a steer as to where we were going, we were still also inviting uh, feedback. And then and the last step of that was we actually took it to our church members, which was a, a, a comment from, from our staff team that it would be great uh, to invite our members to affirm that. And so when we had our church meeting, which was uh, in December, uh, in 2021 again on zoom because uh, we weren't able to gather it at that time because of being under in red the red level yeah. uh, again the majority of us overwhelming majority of our members supported that decision so i think there are a number of kind of affirmations along the way that this was the right pathway for the tabernacle to follow and one of the things that we did at that church members meeting and i think that was really good feedback from one of our staff um we actually brought a motion to our church members and we took a bit more time to explain our heart and our intent um, for people to affirm that motion. So I'd like to read it to you because I think it does capture um, our heart on this matter. So this was how the motion read. With the COVID-19 protection framework now a legal requirement, the church members acknowledge the implications this will have on some members of our church whanau and wider community who have chosen not to be vaccinated. It is not our desire to see anyone adversely impacted by this government mandate, and we will be doing everything in our power to ensure we remain as one church and offering support to all who call the tabernacle their church home. For the sake of the health and safety of our church family, and especially the vulnerable among us, our children, our seniors, and those with health issues, and for the sake of the common good, our responsibilities to the laws of New Zealand and our witness to Christ, the members hereby affirm their support for the tabernacle to follow the provisions of the COVID-19 protection framework. So that was the motion that we put to our members and which was affirmed again overwhelmingly by our members. And I think, um, so, you know, I, I think it was, a, it was a positive process to kind of guide the church through a steer from the beginning from our leadership, from our board, and then affirmation from our members. And so I think it was well accepted overall. But I do think the process was important. And I think it's trying to make the best of what was a difficult situation. Yeah. And I realise that different churches um, had to navigate that one in, in different ways. But I think I was pleased as I look back upon that, that it was the right process for us and the right outcome. But never easy because it does have implications to the church, to individuals, but we've ultimately, end of the day, got to do what we believe is the right thing to do, not out of expedience, but out of a sense of conviction and, yeah. and rightness. Yeah. The other thing which I think is important to note is that, you know, we were, we, as we've affirmed in that statement, the motion, we didn't want 
people to be unduly impacted by it. So we thought through, you know, we want to make sure we encourage people to connect with us that aren't joining us in gathered services. And, um, you know, it wasn't until you know, the orange setting that people started coming back in, in greater numbers. In fact, we didn't start meeting, if I recall it correctly, until about mid-December of 2021. So it was a long time when we were doing online services only. So there was still the provision to continue online services and encourage those who, one, weren't vaccinated or secondly, weren't comfortable to meet in a gathered context to continue to join us that way. And I think, um, you know, and I think the other thing which was really positive is that I know each of our congregations considered a pastoral response. How do we connect with, how do we support all the members of our congregation, particularly those we're not seeing on a, in a gathered context or are unable to join us because of various reasons. So I know that each congregation did different things, but there was a pastoral care response to ensure that we were reaching out um, touching base with people, offering care, and um, and I think that was a, a very important part of our process as well. Are there any lessons to be learned out of this? You think things that you know help us going forward when we potentially may have to face further divisive issues, whatever that may be. Hmm. Absolutely, and I think that I think one of the lessons for me is that not everyone is going to agree on every decision, yeah. and um, and that's okay. I mean, unity is not uniformity. There will always be people that might have a different perspective. It's how we hold those perspective in a faith community. Can we do have particularly around controversial issues? And while it wasn't as controversial here as it has been in other churches, you know, it's still important that we respect that. We can have different views and we can still hold those in a healthy way. So I think that's one of the great lessons that have come through that process. I, I do think there are a number of factors that I think I would affirm. One is I do think it's important that leadership has a place of, of giving a steer. I think that's important. But also how do we engage um, team and staff and, and our key leaders as part of that collaboration? Um, how do we invite participation like we did through the, the survey and the forum? I think it's about having good process. And, um, and I, look, you, you can't always determine how the outcome will be. Yeah. But I think uh, process is actually a commitment to that yeah. and to communication, yeah. I think, are the key, key factors. And again, I think it's a value inviting us to actually, it's okay to have different views. But again, how we hold those in loving healthy relationship that's a that's a learning for all of us yeah well thank you neil that's been really helpful just hearing you unpack that and explain the journey of, of the tag through a very divisive issue that, mm. that we've had to face along with other churches in new zealand so i really appreciate your time on that neil you're welcome you. thank you very much here's my cross-shaped reflection on this interview with neil baker I believe that whenever churches encounter divisive issues, we have the opportunity of deliberately practicing what I call cross-shaped community. We do so in how we respond to those on the other side of the dividing line that's threatening to fracture our community. In this interview series, I've been highlighting examples of cross-shaped community and how churches have responded to the divisive vaccine mandates. So let's take a a closer look at how the statement that the Auckland Baptist Tabernacle affirmed and committed to at a church meeting is an example of cross-shaped community. At the meeting, they agreed together that 
It is not our desire to see anyone adversely impacted by this government mandate and we will do everything in our power to ensure we remain as one church and offering support to all who call the tabernacle their church home. Now a practical outworking of this statement was the provision of pastoral care for everyone in the church regardless of their vaccination status and irrespective of whether they were attending church in person or online. When I think about their commitment to unity in testing times like this, I remember Paul's words in Philippians 2, 1-3, where he, he wrote, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete, be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. What Paul's doing here is reframing a dispute that was going on in the Philippian church between two of their leaders that we read about almost at the very end of the letter. Paul's reframing their dispute not around the issue that was dividing them, but around the gospel that unites them. Gospel reframing, as I call it, is aligning the community upon the cross-shaped pattern of Christ's life, death, resurrection and ascension. This is what Paul called the Philippian church to practice when he wrote, Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. The tab reframed the divisive issue of the vaccine passes to align their church around a commitment to caring for the vulnerable among them for the sake of the common good and their witness to Jesus Christ. So how do we unite with the same mindset as Christ as Paul urged the Philippians to have? Paul unpacked how this is practiced in Philippians 2, 6-11 by retelling the gospel story. It goes like this. In an act of self-giving love, Jesus gave up his position in heaven to become a human servant. And with faithfulness and displaying power through weakness, he was obedient to the point of death on a cross. Then in the ultimate act of transformative hope, Jesus was exalted by God and given the name above all names that Jesus Christ is Lord. Paul describes emulating these unifying Christ-like patterns as working out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you to will and to act for his good pleasure. So as difficult as it often is to practice cross-shaped community, it's worth the effort. Because Paul describes those who display this unique form of community as shining like stars in the world. In other words, cross-shaped community brightens our witness in the world. In this interview with Neil Baker, we've seen an example of a church reframing the divisive issue of vaccine passes upon Christ and upon aligning their community to caring for each other. I see this as an example of cross-shaped community during testing times. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cross-Shaped Community. May the Holy Spirit help us all to practice cross-shaped community with one another so that we may shine like stars in the world.